and welcome to Branding Matters, a podcast I created and host to help you create brand equity. My guest today is world-renowned comedian Kevin Bozeman. You might recognize his name because Kevin was a semi-finalist on NBC's Last Comic Standing. He's also appeared on Comedy Central, NBC, CBS, and Fox, just to name a few. During our really fun conversation, we cover everything from parenthood to cancel culture. Other topics we discuss include how speaking your truth makes you more relatable, why it's important to be flexible, the value of pushing boundaries, how to build a fan base, why you should take your audience on a journey, and the value of stepping outside your comfort zone. Branding Matters is brought to you by Genumark, one of North America's most trusted merch makers for over 40 years. Did you know branded merch is one of the best ways to create brand awareness? It's true. From promotional products, custom uniforms and clothing, to sports co-branding, web stores and warehousing, Genumark is your number one partner for creating brand awareness. And being ISO certified, you can rest assured ethical sourcing and sustainability are front and center. If you're looking for help with your next project, email brandingmatters at genumark.com. That's brandingmatters at G-E-N-U-M-A-R-K dot com. And now, on with our show. Kevin, welcome to Branding Matters. Thank you for having me. How did you find me? <laughs> you know, this is so funny. I love this story. So I don't know if you remember, but I actually saw you in Calgary. So I'm in Calgary right now. Where are you? I'm in Chicago. You're in Chicago. Okay. Love Chicago, by the way. One of my favorite cities. So right. you were performing in Calgary and I went to go see you and you were with, I think there was three other comedians. I don't know if you remember. It wasn't that long ago. It was a few months ago. Yeah. And you were great. I just, I never heard of you before, but we were so impressed. So then afterwards I connected with you on Instagram and I don't know if you remember. And I sent you a message and I said, Hey, we just saw you last night and you were awesome. And you said, Oh, thanks. And we kind of had a little back and forth and then that was kind of it. And so Fast forward, I have this podcast and it's called Branding Matters and it's really to help business owners, entrepreneurs with creating brand equity, right? So whether it's personal brand or corporate brand, we all have a brand and it's how do you leverage that. And so I try to bring on people from all different industries from all over the world to share their stories and then incorporate branding into that and what it takes to have a brand. And I didn't have a comedian on. So I thought, well, maybe Kevin will be interested. So I was really excited that you said yes. So thank you for yeah. being here. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I love it. I remember the, uh, it was the uh, IG Wells tour. Of yeah. Course. We yeah. Did like, of course, I remember it was, it was such a great time. We did uh, like 24 shows in 34 days. So it yeah. was quite the season, quite the fall season. Well, you, I, like I said, I had never heard of you before, but now I'm a big fan. And so thank you for coming on here. This is so fun. As I said, I didn't know anything about you before, but then once you said yes, I did all my research and learned a lot about you. One thing that I thought was interesting was that you used to be a dancer. Can you share about that experience? I'm about to one up your, your research and this story is great. Okay. So <laughs> I am actually not a dancer. Okay. So this is what happened. Chadwick Boseman from the Black Panther movies, who died recently of cancer a couple of years ago, a uh, great actor, played James Brown. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. No, I know. Movie. Yeah. Right. He has a brother. Oh, God. Named so you're Kevin not his brother? Bozeman. <laughs> That's his hilarious. brother name is Kevin Boseman as well. And he is an actor and a dancer. And so... White people combined us. But 
But I, this is hilarious. But so I looked on like Wikipedia. They combined, yeah, Wikipedia. That's what I'm telling you. They combined all of our accolades and morphed us into one person. <gasps> That's terrible. You know, sometimes it's it it benefits it benefits. I probably benefits both of us because they probably go to him and say, "I didn't know you did comedy." That is crazy. And with so- me, it's like, "Oh my god, I didn't." You know, I didn't know you danced. Well, I was but, shocked. And so, did you play football, or that's not you either? <laughs> that is also not me. I did play basketball. Okay, that is crazy story. I know, right? So, do people, this. even though our the spelling of our names. I mean, mine is with a Z and his was with an S. That's amazing. So do you get people that come up to you and say, oh, my condolences about your brother? All the time. I got so many messages. At first, I was just like, what? I go, this is too weird to get this many messages. But then someone came up to me and just showed me the Wikipedia page and showed that they combined us both. Pretty funny. We, him and I have had a conversation about oh, it. Oh, have you? Oh my yeah, God, laugh, that is. We laugh it off. I have never heard a story like that. That's crazy. <laughs> Petey, crazy if you're right? listening, you got to do that. But I, I can dance. <laughs> you can just dance. Not, I just not. Oh. I just shouldn't get paid for it. <laughs> okay. Well, I thought that was so interesting when I read that. I'm like, I have to ask him about that. Okay. So my next question to you then, and I hope this is you because is this, this is the right just, person. This is throwing you off for a whole Okay. Loop, so I also researched that you were a finalist on Last Comic Standing in 2015. Was that you? Yes. Yes. Okay. Awesome. I was on last comic stand. Yes, that well, is facts. Kudos to you. So can you share about that experience and how did that change your career? It was great. Uh, it was a great experience. It was probably the last time I've done the competition, actually, and probably the last time I'll, I'll do a competition. But I always tell comics, like, uh, since you're kind of like your own business, you always need to go out and see where you're at because right. you don't, it's, it's so hard to figure, get a gauge of your talent. So you enter these competitions. Of course you want to win, but you just want to see kind of you belong. So every time I did a competition was just to see if I belong in a group. So they reached out to me. I auditioned in Chicago and then I went to New York to audition again. And Wanda Sykes was running it and her team. So I got to perform in front of Wanda Sykes. And then, uh, they told me I made it to like the top hundred because I made it to, to the semifinals. I made it to the top hundred. And then for some reason, the show was not, they was worried that they were going to even run the show. And then they decided to, to air it. So they flew me out to Los Angeles and then I made it through the next round. And then the round to get to the finals is the round that I came up short at. But it was a great experience. For one, it was on their own dime. Like anytime something is on somebody else's dime, I'm generally going to have a great time. (laughs) Like if you're going to pay for my flight, pay for my hotel, give me food and money to survive one of the days I'm out there. Yeah, it's a great time. It's a great time. So yeah, you know, it's it's good exposure. Just all the little things I've done has kind of morphed into one ball. Like, I don't know if I have one specific thing that's greater than the other, but like, just being on on national TV is always good. It's always oh, good. Oh, definitely. And I mean, it created awareness for your brand. I mean, for people who didn't know you before, all of a sudden they knew you. So how did your career change after that? Yeah, my career is just monumentally just taking steps. You know, it's people like to have credits. People like to be able to say you've done something. But it, it changed. 
it changed in the aspect of like club, just like uh, being able to charge more money, really. <laughs> oh, okay. Mom. Say, because I work, it's just being able to say, you know, it's almost like uh, if you go to college and you get your master's degree, you're still doing the same work, but because you have a master's degree, you can, you can charge more or you worth more. Yeah. But when absolutely. you have TV, when you build TV credits, it's also something that you can go, all right, I have credits. I need more money. Yeah. And what you said too, as far as asking for money, it comes into the whole value thing. I mean, you're creating this brand because really, I mean, you're a comedian, but you're also creating a brand. You're in a very, it's a very saturated industry. There's tons of Canadians out there. So what makes you stand out? Right. And what's going to, what's going to motivate and inspire people to actually come and see you and pay what you need to pay. Before we continue though, I want to back up. So then if you weren't a dancer, how did you get into comedy? Yeah, you know, I most people that's almost everyone that's a that's a comic will probably tell you comedy kind of finds you like it's just in you, right? So basically, as a comic, I get all the information that you get. I just process it differently. So anything that I'm talking about on stage, it's not like people are like, "What is he talking about?" I just have the way I process it comes out like in a funny rhythm, a funny mm-hmm. take. So I've always had an ability to make to make people laugh. It was just a matter of like I didn't think I wanted to do it. I just wanted to see if I could do it. Okay. Then once you start going up and you do it, you want to, you know, you don't want to just say I did it. You I want to you want to get good at it. Yeah, and yeah, definitely. You start getting good at it, and you start getting paychecks. You're like, what? <laughs> Why am I doing anything else? Like, oh, I love is, that. This is the gig. So yeah, so. When I originally did it, I thought that I could do it. And then I did it and I want to get good at it. And then once I got, you know, good, I was like, yeah, this is, this I'm is doing awesome. nothing else. This so is were you a right. class, were you a class clown in school? Like, were you teachers always telling you? To, I had my moments. <laughs> I had my moments, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't call myself a class clown. I just, I was able to pick and choose my moments of when the, when to steal the spotlight. But I wasn't always running around doing goofy shit. I was just, you know, I would be able to pick my moments. Things would happen and I would be able to get laughs. But I I was not the class clown because we had class clowns. And yeah. I was like, no, nah, I don't want that. I don't want that life. Okay. You just <laughs> saw the, the humor in class clown. Yeah. I would just, you know, be able to say funny things and yeah. have things in, in, in the moment. I'm actually a pretty much a, a, a introvert. I'm a very, I'm an extroverted introvert. I am too. That's called an ambivert. It seems a lot of comedians are like that. Like a lot of comedians, when they're on stage, they're out there and they're, you know, but then when they're by themselves, I mean, I've seen Jerry Seinfeld talk about, you know, it seems to be a common theme. Why do you think yeah. that is? Well, because the the intensity of the show is probably one of the things like having so many people listening to hanging on to every word that you're able to to get things out right so yeah. then when you're not on stage it's downtime because people yeah. will have weird conversations with you i one of the things that always kills me is like when people ask me what i do and i tell them i'm a stand up comic and then they'll follow up with like oh like can you tell a joke <laughs> <laughs> they'll do that yeah. and they'll also ask like so like what do you do for a living i mean we think i'm just sharing a hobby with you who does yeah, that yeah, yeah. like oh what do you do you oh you know i collect baseball cards no like i'm telling you what i do for a living but if they haven't heard of you they think that you can't be any good right 
when yeah. there's so many comics and there's so many ways to make money it's like you know there's more comics than just jerry seinfeld kevin hart dave Chappelle, and chris rock there are yeah, thousands absolutely. of us well and you know and that's again why i want to bring you on because it's like like i said earlier i mean it's show business and it's still a business and you're still a brand and you still you know when you're competing with everybody else even when we saw you up on stage you totally stood out and one of the things with business and with branding is connecting with your audience so when you're up on stage you connect with your audience so well and you do it through the whole concept of fatherhood and you talk a lot about your kids so yeah. can you share how have so you have three sons if again if wikipedia yeah. is correct so yeah. how <laughs> you're like no i have one daughter <laughs> That's um, hilarious. i have a cat actually uh so you have three sons. So how did becoming a dad bring that into your routine and how did that help change it and help you connect with your audience? It was it was actually the best thing for my comedy. I just feel like when you're on stage, you should speak a certain truth. It's just easier to be. The more honest I am on stage, the more relatable I am because I'm speaking a truth and my truth isn't my only truth. It's other people's truths as well. Mm -hmm. So I might be saying things that may be inappropriate, but people have thought it. Yeah. And I'm just giving voice to it. Doesn't mean that I'm necessarily like that, but I speak it. So speaking about parenthood and fatherhood is super relatable. So it's easy to do that sort of comedy because it's it's relatable and it's a truth. And those are the things that I think are really sustainable for me as a, as a stand-up. Yeah. And how old are your kids? 20, 18, and four. Wow, that's quite a stretch between the three. So you have, yeah. a, you have a lot of time, a lot of material still yeah, to come. My, <laughs> my pullout game is trash. What's what does that mean? <laughs> my pullout game? Yeah. That means I didn't pull oh, out. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh my God. That went right over my head. All right, badass. Well, clearly. I know. Let these right? jokes fly over your head. Oh my God. That went right over my head. Shaking well, up the podcast a little bit. I love shaking things up. So staying on that theme, because you travel around a lot, right? You go to places all over, I'm assuming North America. Yeah, I was in Winnipeg for New Year's. Poor you. How was that? <laughs> Winnipeg. You know what's crazy is Winnipeg has one of the best comedy clubs in North America. Oh, you're kidding. Oh, wow. Yeah. I would argue this is probably the top two or three clubs in Canada for sure. What's it called? You give them a shout out if you Rumors. Want. Rumors, Rumors Comedy Club in Winnipeg. Okay. And you were there New Year's Eve? I was there New Year's Eve. And then I was there New Year's Eve. We had two shows, got done at midnight, may have had a couple of cocktails to 2 a.m., boarded a flight at 7.30 a.m., flew to Toronto, had a three-hour layover, then flew to Charlotte, got a rent-a-car, drove from Charlotte to Asheville to have a show on January 1st. That's crazy. So you do a lot crazy. of traveling, but now you're back in Chicago. So let me ask you a question then. When you're traveling and you're going to all these different venues and all these different places, because each audience is so different, right? And very unique. So do you change your routine based on the audience? And, have, and it's a two-part question. And have you ever changed it mid-routine because you're not getting the feedback that you needed or wanted. Oh, yeah, for sure. My set is like kind of my set. I, I make certain tweaks, but the bulk of my material is still the bulk of my material. So like, you know, if I'm in Southern United States, of course, it's different than Calgary because some things that I do jokes about are just states related. 
So I wouldn't even do them in Calgary, of course. But sets for I I'm not married to my act in that sense. So I'm not married to the exact order of my set. So if the audience is weird or something, I need to do different things. Like those now, Winnipeg I'll, people. <laughs> sometimes I'll change it up. I'm picking yeah, on Winnipeg. I've actually it. never been. So I'm just joking. It's just because it's so cold in the winter. Wait, it's colder in Winnipeg than Calgary? Oh, yeah. It's it's. I mean, what was the temperature when you were there? Minus? I'm sure it was like, what, minus? Was, I Somewhere between freezing and death. Yeah, exactly. Probably closer to that. <laughs> so, yeah, it is colder. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. So you're No, just- that's fine. But I like throwing curveballs. I like going a little bit. I have a little bit of unscripted in my act just to allow breathing room. Right. Try to keep in some flexibility of, of changing things up and adding or subtracting some jokes. Well, all that dancing must have helped with your flexibility. <laughs> Listen, wait till you keep reading my Wikipedia page and I show you I'm a yoga. Uh, that's funny. So do you do research when you go? Like when you're coming to Calgary, if you've never been to a place before, do you try to do some research to find certain things to help you connect with the audience? Very some. I like to look and see like when I get into town, like top 10 things to do while you're in Calgary. Okay. And then I'll look and see if there's anything that stands out and I'll make fun of it. <laughs> Otherwise, I'll go into town and then I'll just kind of walk around and stuff and just get the vibe. Yeah. Go to the hot spots or something like that and just try to get the vibe of the people and then put it out there on stage. But I don't do a lot of hard research. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. So I want to talk to you about something now, change the subject a little bit. I want to get your take on cancel culture because I've had a lot of conversations with people with cancel culture, specifically with comedians, because I've read that cancel culture is ruining ruining comedy. And comedians are feeling that they have to pull back the reins and they can't really be themselves. You talked about authentic and everything else. So I just want to get your take on that. Do you think cancel culture is ruining comedy? Is it ruining comedy? No, it's not ruining comedy. It's just not what comics, it's just not comics favorite thing, but it's not ruining comedy. My take on cancel culture is cancel culture exists because much like everything, when something goes unchecked for a very long time, there's an overcorrection, right? Yeah. So do I believe in cancel culture? No, but I believe so many people have done so many things that's not great for our culture. And now that there's pushback, there's inevitable overreaction to that. But I just, my goal is to make people laugh and I want to do it on my terms, but it's, it doesn't do me any good to go and say things that's offensive to people and they're not going to laugh. Like either you adapt or you get devoured. And so I just, I choose to adapt, but I also take cancel culture and push the, the boundaries of it for sure. Even if I don't say any bad words or anything at all, Nick, I still like for people to be a little uncomfortable with the stuff that they're laughing at with me, if that so, makes sense. Yeah, it totally makes sense. So how do you push the envelope? In the back of your mind, are you always thinking, oh, I can't upset anybody. So I, there's a bunch of things I can't say. But so how do you push the envelope in that case? Yeah, you. I mean, you take whatever it is you can't do and you go right up into that limit. <laughs> Can you be specific it. or like, no, I, know, I don't know. just even like jokes I do about my kid. Like I have a kid that's really tall, like six foot seven. 
and he doesn't play basketball. And then I have another kid that plays soccer. And then I do a joke about, you know, I failed as a parent because of that. Because he doesn't play which, basketball. Right. Because he didn't play basketball, yeah, which yeah, is, yeah. you know, socially and, and culturally like, hey, you can't say that because it's you're just, what are you saying as yeah. who you are as a parent? But I like, I push boundaries like that and jokes about going to marriages and, you know, people don't belong together but you don't say anything because you want cake and just, so it's always like little things where everyone says, this is how you should be in a community or a culture. I kind of push back that way. Right. What? Okay. Let me ask you this. What about people? And and now I'm really going to go way out there, but people who yeah, say do it. <laughs> you can't even say father and mother anymore, right? That's offensive. Now you have to say birther. Have you heard this? Like you can't. Yeah, like, see, so but, many see, things. but that's but that's the that's the thing that people want to hang their hat on, so they can have gripes. Yeah, you can absolutely say father and mother just because someone says, you know, I prefer father and mother. But you're Doesn't offending a lot of people to. when you say that, though. There's a lot of people out there going, you can't say that. That's I, incorrect. I, I think we're going to cancel think, Kevin because he called himself a father. See, I, see I, don't, I don't think it's that. I don't think it's gotten to that extreme. I think it only gets there if you buy into that. If you buy into everything that people will say, then you will succumb to it. But I don't subscribe to that. So therefore I don't I don't think like it's ever been a problem to me, like being a father, mother, brother. So there, but there for sure there are super sensitive people that's always trying to do that. But I don't think they control or have any real say about like I don't think it's in along along the lines of like the Me Too movement or issues about uh sexuality, issue about race i don't think yeah yeah, i don't only if people give that life like if i if i read i want to hear bertha i just don't give it life i just go well that's good for you and you can refer to it as a bertha but to me it's still mother father and i don't think there's any problem with that but when people go oh can you believe that's what's giving it that energy but i think that it's it's so few and far that people, I don't think that my show is going to suffer because they're going to be like, he was all right till he said the word father. And then that's when I was like, <laughs> I know, guy, I'm out. It could be a generational guy. thing too. So you have your niche market, which is parents, and that's who you connect with. And, you know, you, a lot of everything that you say is all based on reality and being authentic and being yourself and everything else you just said. So when you do those other shows, and they're probably few and far between, but it's, totally different audience. It's the younger generation or it's way older, but it's probably way younger, I'm assuming. Then how are you still being that authentic Kevin and still, how do you connect with it? Because now you're not really being and doing your authentic. No, I'm still speaking a truth. I'm just speaking a truth that I don't normally do in my act, but I'm still speaking a truth and I'm still doing also my act, but I'm also just manipulating. I did a show for the Mormon community. It's like a big, it's called dry bar comedy. It's pretty big in the States. And they had all sorts of rules about even like masturbation. I talk talk about about marriage and premarital sex. So I would do the same joke, but I would preempt it with like, marriage is great. And then go into my joke where normally I wouldn't say that. I would just go in and bash marriage. Or if oh, I okay. if that's what I want to yeah. do, but just little tweaks like that allows me to still get away 
with the same jokes as long as I'm preemptive and do little oh interesting change my setups a little bit. But yeah, it just it just depends on that. And if I'm doing it for a younger crowd, I might say like, listen, here's why your parents are unhappy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I see what you. So mean. it's just little Freak things it. like yeah, that, yeah, yeah. and then still do the same yeah. the same joke. Yeah. But I just I just got to do little tweaks to get my message across. Okay. Well, I mean, and it's all about building, you know, trust with your audience too, knowing that when they've seen you, once you've made that connection and they know who you are and now they'll seek you out and want to go find you, they trust that you're going to, you're going to deliver everything because of the past experience they've had with you. Right. Yeah. That also is like, you know, helps with the building a fan base. When you build a fan base, your fans kind of know the things you talk about. They know, you know, your rhythm and everything. So they expect a certain style from you, which is great. I love that you said that because, you know, again, I'm going to go back to branding. This is called Branding Matters. And that is what I've talked about with so many business leaders is what you just said. It's about building that trust with your audience and it takes time, right? It's not overnight. When you think of big brands, you think of like Nike or Apple, they didn't, they weren't an overnight success. It took years to build up that trust and resonating with their audience so much so that what you said before about building that fan base, right? I have two teenage boys who are the biggest fans of Apple. Like they won't even touch another brand, right? That's a huge fan base. So that's, again, that's a lot of similarities. I read this quote. I want to read to you. I want to get your feedback on it. It says, there's a lot of similarities between branding and comedy. The biggest being they're both about people. With branding, as with comedy, you're always trying to capture people's attention and then sustain their attention to elicit an emotional response. What do you think about that quote? What's the last part to elicit an emotional response? Yeah, from your audience. So, yeah, so, but yeah, but there's different ways. So earlier on, when I was funny, I was a different kind of funny. I would get big laughs, but I was just kind of running the audience in place. But now I try to, when I get laughs, I like to take them on a little bit of a journey. So me speaking the truth, I also say things that might make people rethink things that they've always thought about. Like, so I'm always, that's what I mean, like push the envelope. I'm not just talking about eating at Taco Bell or, you know, going to the mall or don't you hate when clothes used to fit and don't fit. Like I'm speaking real things about real dilemma and real conflict and how I deal with that real conflict. And hopefully by the time I get off stage an hour later, you know something about me. You kind of know who I am. As opposed to when you, people are just telling joke jokes, yeah. it, it's, it's super funny and there's nothing wrong with that, but you're also just kind of running the audience in place. You, that person might go out, get a stand ovation, but you don't know, you know where they're from, how many kids they got, like what's their personal beliefs, any of it, because all they just do is just kind of tell just, you know, jokes. But yeah. yeah, so I try to take people on a journey. And I think if you make people really, really laugh, it, you build a, you build a connection. Just like if you're, if you're really good in bed, <laughs> really good in bed, you know, you tend to make a, a good connection with somebody. <laughs> oh, you love That's it. what I hear. That's, just That's the what word I hear the too. That's what I've been told, but no, but I want to go back to that because what you just said is all about connection. You take people on a journey while 
a lot of times when there's a brand out there and are trying to connect a business and like from the business perspective that they t- founder stories, right? It's taking people on that journey. Now more than ever, the consumer and the audience, they want to get behind the curtain. They want to know who's behind what and what are they really about? You know, we talk about transparency and comedy. We talk about transparency and branding and business all the time. So I think that is how you're connecting with them is not only making them laugh. There's that saying, it's funny because it's true. It's because we can we can relate to what you're saying. So yeah. if you can relate to the person who's creating the content, whether it's a comedian or someone on social or a business out there, and you can relate to what they're saying, you've instantly connected, and then that's how you become their loyal fan. Yeah, and then yeah. you end up on a podcast in Calgary. There you go. <laughs> I love that. Okay, so I'm curious to know what stand-up comics, or do you have any stand-up comics that you look up to? <laughs> I always say that there's so many great comics. I don't know, like, I wouldn't say who's the best. I think, maybe not stand-up comedy-wise, but I think the funniest person to me ever is Eddie Murphy. I think he's just, if you take his whole body of work, I think he's the funniest person. But I start I started watching Deaf Comedy Jam when I was in college on HBO. But I've always been a fan of people that just are really polished and good at what they do. So Jerry Seinfeld is way different than Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle, but I, you know, I still enjoy watching all of them. But I have really good friends that's good in stand-up comedy. Daryl Lennox, who lives in Vancouver is great. Chad Daniels is great. Pat McGann is great. Roy Wood Jr. is great. And they're all kind of my peers. Don't you have like, any women on your list? Yes, I do have. Uh, <laughs> that's great. That's, that is. Uh, Look at me calling is, you out. <laughs> no, that's great. What Tanisha do you think of Amy Rice, Schumer? She's really good. And she she's really good because she speaks to enough people where she can sell out an arena. If I was in an arena, I would ask the concession people to sit. Oh, after this podcast, you're gonna we're we're you're gonna be off the charts. So there we go. There we go. Uh, Tanisha no. Rice is fantastic. She's all over. Christian Toomey is a Chicago comic. She's fantastic. Yeah, I just so you mentioned many. you mentioned Wanda Sykes earlier. She's funny. I like her. Wanda Sykes' last special was so good. Yeah, she's great. So good. So yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of fantastic comics that go about the process differently than I do and different than anybody else. I just, you know, you just, you find your voice. And once you find your voice, I think that's the key for anyone in the entertainment business. Find your voice. Because once you find your voice, then you start speaking your truth. That is, I love that you said that because again, I hear that all the time when I talk to business owners and they say the first thing you need to do is find your voice. And then, right. And that's what it's all about. So going back full circle to the beginning, when I said, you know, you are a brand, you're a personal brand and you're creating these connections with people, but you you're speaking your truth and you're found your voice and now you're sharing it. And that completely goes over to a business, whether you're a, an entrepreneur, a solopreneur, or you're a CEO of a big company, it's still what makes you different than all the other comedians out there is your voice. There's no other Kevin Bo. Well, actually, I shouldn't say that because there is another Kevin Bozeman up there. There is another Kevin Bozeman. That's funny. But, you know, you're only you. You're the only- my style. Exactly. So do you have any advice that you would give someone who either is in stand-up comedy or who is looking to be a stand-up comic? Lots of advice. Well, let's go. <laughs> Here's the most basic advice. Get up on stage. It's the best teacher. The stage teaches you. 
and also record every set. You want to listen to see where you're getting laughs and where you're not getting laughs. Also, no no matter how much you write, means nothing if you don't get up on stage. There's people just like, I write all the time. Who cares if you're not performing it? And then challenge yourself when you go to the open mics and you start going up. Try to identify who's the funniest person in the room and try to go after them. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. It's about gauging and figuring out where you're at. So if the funniest person in the room goes up and then you can follow that person, then you start to feel good about yourself. But if you're just following people who aren't good, how do you really know if you're any good? You might just be better than the trash that's in front of you, but find someone that's good and go after that person. Then you start figuring out, all right, I think this is true for all walks of life. It's all about the energy you put out. So sometimes somebody goes out and they just got this mad, crazy energy and you have to find a way to channel your energy to follow that, to be able to keep taking the audience somewhere. What about the, what about the idea though of tough act to follow? Like someone just went on and the whole house was crazy and everybody was up standing ovation and cheering and it was the best. Is What about that thought of like, how am I going to match yeah, that? It's real. <laughs> it's real. But right? you know what? You just go up. You do. It's going to happen. You're going to run into people and they're just super funny and super polished. And it's a learning experience. But that's mm-hmm. why you record yourself. I think I was just watching something where Jay-Z was talking about performing with DMX way back in the day before, you know, DMX, rest in peace. And he said, have to have to go after DMX made him a better performer because DMX was such a great performer that Jay-Z had to step his game up. Hmm. So the only way you will have to step your game up is to go after that tough act to follow. Otherwise, you're going to just run in place because you're not challenging yourself, which is where we talked about earlier. Like if you, all you do is go up and do well, you're not doing comedy, right? You're doing yourself a disservice. You should be able to constantly put yourself out of your comfort zone. Always, whatever your comfort zone is, go out of it. And if it gets, the bigger your comfort zone gets, the bigger strides you have to go out of your comfort zone to get Good. that final perfect stew. That's great advice for, you're right, for everybody. For I think a lot of, most of us are scared to step out of their comfort zone, but yeah, of course. that's where the magic happens, right? Outside of your course. comfort zone. Of course, that's why stand-up comedy is such a treasured art because with stand-up comedy, you know exactly where you stand. So if you no and I- <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So if you and I at a bar- and a band is playing and we're having a conversation the music is playing they can stop and we'd be like oh they're pretty good right even though we're having a conversation the music's playing but with stand-up comedy if you and i are having a conversation with stand-ups going on well then that means that comic's not good we've tuned them out so with stand-up comedy you know exactly where you stand i say a joke and then either you laugh or you don't so right there we know. Well, it's instant feedback, right? Yeah. It's instant feedback, which is can be scary sometimes, but you're right. It keeps you, you're on your toes the whole time. Okay. So before we go, I do have a question for you. If you weren't a stand-up comic, what would you be doing? Mm, I. That's a great question. I would probably, 
I mean, I guess my dream job would probably be uh, covering sports, like a sports where like just one of those like great sports radio people to just talk sports 24 oh, yeah. seven. I love it. So you like all sports? You don't have one in particular that you like better than the other? Uh, you know, I probably watch football the most, but I mean, I, but I, to play was basketball, football the most. I actually follow hockey a little bit because I bet a lot of money that the Blackhawks were going to be awful this year. And guess what? <laughs> They're awful. Oh, that's funny. That's you know so what's bad. funny? I, I, I was growing up, I did all sports. I did basketball. I did soccer. I did volleyball, diving, swimming, skiing, you name it. But I don't like watching sports. Like, I like no? doing them, but I'm not a big Wait, fan of watching. Even like a live event? Well, when I go to the live event, I I watch the people and I talk to people. I, I don't actually, you, don't you know, the, I can be the turning game. the other oh, way. My gosh. I know. It's, I love going to live games. They're yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, the, the I just, energy and the vibe is definitely different when you go to live games. It's fun. But yeah, it's just funny. So I'm not hugely into watching, but I did all the sports when I was younger. I was pretty good at basketball, actually. So There you go. Yeah. There you go. Well, Kevin, this has been, it's gone by so fast. I really enjoy talking to you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This was good times. Before we go though, you mentioned you have a podcast. So can you quickly tell what that's about? Yeah. It's called the Ball Hog Podcast. Okay. Like, And I just, because I just didn't have for a long time, I just had no guests. <laughs> and so tell me about ranting. the podcast. What? I just get on and rant. I talk sports, a little pop culture, some social stuff, very little once in a while I go politics, trending but it's mostly a sports-driven podcast. And then I give gamble, like how to gamble on oh, different okay. games and stuff for it. Because the sports betting world is just booming. Oh, I know. Yeah. So I, I give sports tips on that. And then I bring in very funny comics as guests. And we help. We give our picks and stuff. So I, I, I have a podcast uh, every week, every Friday. The Ball Hog Podcast. You can stream it. Wherever you pick up podcasts, you can pick that up. And also my Instagram is Kevin Bozeman one. And it has, you know, I put videos up and then I also have my tour dates and stuff are there, but yeah. And so Instagram, are you anywhere else on social? I have a fan page on. You have an OnlyFans page? No, good Lord. (laughs) Good Lord. If I did, I would just show my feet. (laughs) Well, you know, you have a lot of money showing your feet. There's, there's actually. Not these feet. I think there's actually websites that are just for people to show their feet. I believe that, but these yeah. feet are, are are deal breakers. Oh, okay. So <laughs> you said you had a fan page. Sorry. So you ha- yeah, your- like fan page on on yeah. Facebook. Just Kevin Bozeman. Okay. Com- Kevin Bozeman comedy. Yeah, you'll, you'll find me. Like, okay. Yeah. And you have a website, don't you? KevinBozeman.com has all of my and dates and my links to my my podcast. So okay, what's really important? It's with a Z, not an S. <laughs> That's going to be whether or not you have bizarro Kevin Bozeman or the real Kevin Bozeman. Exactly. All right. Well, this has been so nice and great to connect with you visually. I mean, we're connected on Instagram and I definitely want to see you again. So whether you come to Calgary or we make it up to Chicago, I'll look you up. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Okay. Thanks, Kevin. Take care. Yep. Bye. Okay. Bye. And there you have it. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the conversation and maybe learned a few things to help you with your branding. This show is a work in progress, so please remember to rate and review on whatever platform you listen to podcasts. And if you'd like help creating brand awareness for your business, please reach out to me on any of the social platforms under, you guessed it, Branding Badass. I promise you I reply to all my messages. 
Branding Matters was produced, edited, and hosted by Jolie Goodson. Also me. So thank you again, and until next time, here's to all you badasses out there.